Hi, welcome to the Firefly Movement podcast. My name is Alyssa Williamson. The Firefly Movement is a group of licensed professional counselors and marriage and family therapists in the Dallas area. We're here to talk mental health. We occasionally like to talk about the Enneagram and we like to interview people who are making a difference in the world to find out how they got in touch with, started developing and using their unique gifts in the hopes that you'll start using yours. You can nominate people that are lighting up your world at our website, fireflymovement.org. Here's the show. everyone. It's Alyssa Williamson. Welcome to the Firefly Movement Podcast. I'm really excited that Lynn McCracken, one of our founders, took time to join us today so that we can talk about some of the mental health issues that we see coming up with the COVID-19 outbreak. We're kind of taking a break from our regularly scheduled programming to specifically address what we see happening right now. Uh, We did record this over the phone because we're in quarantine ourselves. And as we talk about in the podcast, this is something that we are all going through together. And these are strategies that we are applying ourselves as therapists as we are teaching them to our clients and then to the public at large to try to stem the tide of mental health issues that we see coming up here. So we hope that you'll join us. We hope that you'll share this with your friends and find some relief and find some solid ground when things seem uncertain. Hello. Hi, Lynn. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for being on our podcast, which you helped start (laughs) in the very beginning here. Um, It's so good to meet with you. We're over the phone right now because quarantine. Mm -hmm. So I wish I could see you in person because I miss you. I know. I miss you too. Yeah. Um, But basically, we were just discussing how we think people need tools right now in the midst of mm-hmm. the 19 outbreak and uh, to just deal with a lot of the fear and uncertainty that is going on. And so we had some other podcasts planned. And I know the last time we posted a podcast, we said that we would get back to kind of regularly scheduled programming. But as this is dragged on and there's been, um, it just, it just seems like this is going to go on for a while. <laughs> Right. And and yeah. people are kind of uncovering new new issues that they need to deal with as this goes forward. Absolutely. The longer it goes, the the more fear grows. Yeah, and I think the first I don't know about you, but I know for for me and my friends and my clients, the first couple of weeks was just kind of shock. Like Absolutely. it was what like, is going what? on? <laughs> what? Like yeah. I can't go to a restaurant? Yeah, yeah, just shock and everyone kind of coming to terms with this being reality. Are we overreacting? You know, mostly. Yeah, now people are kind of settling into, okay, what does this mean? How do we deal with this new reality? And how long is this going to go on and not really having answers Mm -hmm. for a lot of that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lynn, I mean, with the stuff that's going on right now, um, we talked about just the need that people have for certainty and mm-hmm. how there's not a lot of that to go around right, right. now. Right. Um, so what are, what are you seeing and, and how can people support themselves and support others in the middle of this? Well, I think, you know, first of all, we're all human. So I think acknowledging, you know, even as therapists, it's, um, we have to manage our own 
anxiety and fear during this uncertainty so that we can put an oxygen mask on for our clients and um, our kids, our fam other family members, because they are turning to us and they're saying, what do, what? What do we do? Uh, so um, I've had to practice a lot of these things myself um, because it really has been, um, it, it just kind of has shaken everyone up. No one has ever experienced anything like this before. So um, yeah, and as therapists, we're not immune to that. And it is probably the first time that most of us have gone through something where we're going through the exact same thing as our clients exactly while going through it and then in real time yeah in real time <laughs> and having to help them navigate it while we're we're figuring it out right well. yeah so i'm having to practice what i preach all the time to my clients and you know we teach best what we most need to learn i say a lot it's a quote from uh, richard bach and i think it's it's yeah. never been so true as it is right this minute um so what i what I'm doing personally to try to, to, um, be able to be there for other people is, is grounding myself. And one of the things that we teach our clients all the time is that the importance of meditation and, um, just being able to check in with yourself and ground yourself it, when you're, when you're feeling out of control. And right now I think we're all feeling that way. And, the thing is we there is always uncertainty but at times like these it's just the light is shined on it and and it's constant it's like a big floodlight in our faces going life is uncertain everyone's at risk you know death which is actually always the case it's just that we're having to face it right now and yeah then we're all stuck at home and have a different um routine or maybe no routine um, which then, uh, just, uh, makes, makes it really hard to look away from when, when all of the, the news and the things coming at you is about fear and death and uncertainty and how long will this last and not having answers. And it's a, it's a perfect storm for, um, mental, um, just for mental health to decline. And so it's especially important for, for everyone to know that there are some really easy tools that we all can do that are not rocket science. Um, so one doing, um, meditation, I, I have always said it's really important and I, some days am better than others, but, uh, these days I know before I can talk to anyone and give them any kind of comfort, I have to, do it myself. I have to slow my breathing down. Um, when we're in fear, our, our amygdala is hijacked. So we're not in our wisest part of our brain. And there's a reason for that because when we, if we're being attacked by a bear, we don't have time to make a pros and cons list. <laughs> we have yeah. to, it's, it's fight, flight, or freeze for survival. And I think there are a lot of people right now that are, they're in that that fight, flight, or freeze place. And then they're also communicating to other people from that not very wise part of their brain because they are scared. So the yeah. first thing we have to do is to calm our bodies down and to turn off that switch so that the wise part of our brain can, can be turned on, the, the part of our brain that can actually look at um, the situation at hand in, in your own life and say, 
am I at risk right this minute in my house? <laughs> is Am yeah. I being attacked? Am I, you know, right this minute? And to look around and to, to get in touch with your senses. And I know that's something that you teach clients too. And um, I know you're really good at it because I've heard you do it before. Do you want to walk people through that? Yeah, I can. And I just want to acknowledge too that for so many people, the things that we use to cope with fear and panic or loss or the things that we just use to distract ourselves are just not available. Mm -hmm. And people are finding themselves in places where the coping mechanisms that maybe they developed previously are not around for them. Mm -hmm. And so we're having to kind of go back to basics across the board and learn coping mechanisms that you can do at home to turn your amygdala off. And your amygdala is an almond sized piece of your brain. That's like the fire alarm. And regardless of whether the threat is real or perceived, it, when it goes off, there's this whole flood of intervention that goes on. Like, like you're saying to get your body ready to run a marathon or fight off a bear or whatever you need to do to survive. And that works really well short term because most of the time, if you're fighting a bear, that's going to last for a little while and then you go back to normal. But we're dealing with something that is going on for weeks and potentially months. And so in the middle of that, your body cannot function in that state for very long because part of what it does is it shuts down your digestive tract. It keeps you from being able to focus on things like school or work, like anything that involves critical thinking, long-term planning, um, imagining stuff for the future, being able to do anything on a spreadsheet, all the things that you're trying to do right now and don't feel like you can, it's probably not just because the kids are traumatized, because you're freaked out. And that part of your brain just isn't firing on all cylinders because that part gets turned off when this kind of stuff is going on. Right. Um, so Lynn, this is one of the things that you taught me. Um, and I think every therapist in the world <laughs> teaches people to breathe. Um, but what I, what I teach people to do is, uh, something called box breathing, which is really easy. And so it's where you just breathe in four counts and you hold it for a second and then you breathe out four counts. Mm -hmm. And that's the simplest version. What I do with my clients in session, and this is a yoga technique is you breathe in for four counts and then you breathe out for five, mm -hmm. you breathe in for four, breathe out for six. Breathe in for four, breathe out for seven. Right. Breathe in for four, breathe out for eight. And what you're doing is you're extending your exhales and it forces more air out of your lungs so you breathe deeper. And slowing down your exhales is like a remote control for your brain because just like your brain sends a signal to your body, you need to get ready to fight, your body can send a signal back to your brain that you don't have to fight right now. Right. That we're actually safe. And so by slowing things down, which is the opposite, like if you're getting ready to run, you're breathing really shallowly and it's all in your chest. If you can slow it down, it sends a signal back to your brain. And I never, it takes less than a minute. And I never have a client say that they didn't feel anything. They're always like, wow, I feel really good right, right. now <laughs> after they right. do it. And you know what else? Um, um, yeah. A lot of times, if you haven't had any practice with this, um, I, I tell my clients to put their hands on their, on their belly because um, especially women, we're, we're kind of socialized to do this thing where we, um, we put jeans on that are too tight. And so when we inhale, we go, <gasps> and <laughs> like we're putting tight jeans on. And so our stomachs go down instead of out. 
Um, because we're taught to, you know, look skinnier, right? Suck it in. Yeah. Suck it in. No, don't suck it in. So I tell people, you, you got to train your body that when you're taking an inhale, your stomach should go out when air is going into your diaphragm. Wow. Um, and people, you'd be surprised, especially females, guys, they don't have a problem with it. It's funny. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I do think it's a part of our, you know, it's a part of our culture that maybe we aren't even aware of that um, we, especially here um, in Western culture, um, we don't spend a whole lot of time teaching people how to breathe from your diaphragm. Uh, I believe people in the East uh, sometimes call us uh, um, shallow breathers or something. I, I heard because uh, we breathe, Play. we breathe from our chest. Um, so no wonder what? <laughs> No wonder we're stressed out. Right. So we have to learn how to breathe from the diaphragm. And sometimes it, it, it just takes practice. You have to teach your body. But once you learn how to do it, it it's transformational. So, so I have my clients put their hands on their stomach and, and try to relax those muscles. And it's okay to let it hang out. And nobody's looking at you or taking a picture. So yeah. when you breathe in, to try to make yourself look pregnant, I'll tell them, like, get as much air as you possibly can into your diaphragm. And then that way, when you're extending your exhale, um, you, you have a lot to push out. And then when they're extending that exhale to imagine, I say, look, if you've been breathing shallow, cause you've been afraid and rushed, you are only exchanging. I don't even know if this is true scientifically, but I tell them to imagine you're only exchanging like the top part of the air in your diaphragm. And so there's all this old stale air down there. And so I tell them when you exhale, I want you to imagine getting it all out and you're exchanging it for fresh air because your, your brain needs that fresh oxygen. And it's like a shower on the inside. <laughs> so, um, I think that, uh, the more you can practice doing that, um, the better. And I love, I, I love just even the term that you said, extend your exhale. <laughs> the goal is to extend your exhale. I like that. Yeah. Um, and, and to, t and to take your time and just, it will slow your brain down. So I think that's really good. Um, so one, yeah, meditation, um, and, and breathing. There are a lot of really great apps. You know, I recommend Headspace all the time. A lot of people like Calm. Headspace is still my favorite. Um, yeah. But there's a million different things. And you know what I just learned about this week? What? That is really beautiful. Uh, a lot of people have Alexa. And, and if you have an Alexa, all you need to do is say, Alexa, play a gratitude meditation really yes and there's this really that. incredible gratitude meditation that will play now that has these tones that um that are very calming and so that could be a resource also um that's good yeah and you we were just talking a little bit before this that there's a lot of coping skills that people need to be able to utilize whether that's breathing meditation um, I know for me, I had to delete my Facebook app because it was not helpful for me mm -hmm. during this time. Um, just because Facebook has a sense to be really frantic. I'm still on Instagram because I use Instagram for work, but I also just follow my friends and other therapists. So it's generally pretty uplifting. Right. But I think allowing yourself to step away from things that are not helpful for you 
in the middle of this. Right. I think that med- it, over what comes into your life. I think if right you now. pay attention to what, um, how you're feeling with whatever activities that you do on a regular basis so that you can decide what you need to add and what you need to take away yeah. right now. So if you are watching a show, even for instance, and after you watch that show, you feel better, then that might be a show you want to keep in the rotation right now. But if you're watching a show that makes you feel more afraid or sick to your stomach, um, then you might need to pause that during this time. (laughs) So just paying attention to what's life-giving maybe and what is draining right now because your resources um, up for energy during a crisis are um, diminished. Yeah, that makes sense. And I know that you were talking about, we were discussing before this, how we're seeing this wave of health concerns, but what we're concerned about as mental health practitioners is there's going to be a second wave of mental health concerns that comes after this. Right. There's um, isolation, you know, I mean, as, as a mental health professional, the first thing I do when clients come in um, after all the, you know, informed consent paperwork stuff is I say, tell me about your support um, network. Who, who do you go to? Who do you reach out to when, um, when you're having a hard time? And a lot of times, one of, one of the most common things I hear is no one. Um, And if they, if you feel isolated, it is, um, it, it contributes to depression and, and anxiety so much. So, uh, this forced isolation is not going to help. Um, so that's why I think it's especially important for us to, to know what kind of tools we can use to one, to connect with one another, even just like we're doing right now. Um, and, and also to help reset your, your brain, because when we're isolated, we can get in our head and then it becomes like an echo chamber. And if we're having fears and anxiety and depression, then it can grow, um, rapidly. Yeah. And you were discussing a little bit that you've got, especially concerns, I think concerns around everyone, but you, you mentioned some concerns that you have around male clients. Yes. As well. Yes. Um, I think females, um, again, we're socialized more to, to connect and lean on each other and be there, um, more than, than men are. It's like, uh, you be the leader and you, um, you know, suck it up and, and do it alone. And, and, um, and they take pride in that. And that's actually not, um, healthy, (laughs) um, male, males are humans too. They need connection just like we do. Humans need connection. So, um, so one of yeah one of my biggest fears during this time um, comes with the that fear that that are uh, the leaders of our family that these that the men have all this pressure on them especially with the financial um, crisis that that is coming along with the coronavirus and and um, them feeling the weight of how do I how do I best protect my family? And, and if they um, get into that type of thinking where they feel like my family would be better off without me because I have life insurance or, you know, I better 
um, you know, I'm going to lose my job and then I'm going to lose my life insurance. So they're better off if, if I end things and they have um, financial security. Um, it, it's really easy for someone to convince themselves that that's true when they're not in their wisest frame of mind and they're isolated and, and they only hear their own feedback loop. They can convince themselves when they're, they're trying to figure out the math yeah. and trying to and the hard gain place to talk about the feelings can often be with the people we're at home with, whether you're male or female, a lot of times our family members, it's, it's hard to bring vulnerability. Right. Well, and a lot of times we think we have to be, the, we have to be the strong one. So, you know, we have to bear all of the burden of, of, of this uh, uncertain time instead of feeling like, you know what, we all need to come together and acknowledge the fear so that it takes the, the power of it away. Really, when you say it out loud um, and you connect with other people and you go, okay, but what can we do today? <laughs> all we have to do is get through today. Yeah. Um, it yeah. becomes something that's insurmountable when you think about all of the the things that are completely out of your control in the future and not knowing when this is going to end and how it's going to impact you long term and and looking at at your um, IRA and your 401k or whatever it is go down and down and down um, it can really lead to all sorts of uh, projections about the future and instead you really need to come to write today what can I in fact this week I was feeling pretty overwhelmed myself and I so what I do after I meditate is I, I try to say, what do I need to focus on today that's positive? And I, I sent you a picture of one of the things that I wrote on my on my um, whiteboard earlier this week. Yeah. Um, I wrote that for me, first of all. <laughs> and can you talk about what that was? Um, well, he, here's something that I noticed, uh, and this is about breathing too, that um, whenever I start feeling overwhelmed, it feels like I'm dog paddling and I'm just trying to keep my head above water. And I'm, I'm desperately, you know, just uh, wearing myself out. And I have, I I remind my clients of this all the time. And it's something, again, you got to practice what you preach. I go, Oh yeah, I was meant to float. (laughs) I, people drown, not because, uh, they can't, um, survive, or can't swim really people drown because they forget that they can float so they get panicked and then they wear themselves out dog paddling and then they swallow water and and they people die all the time from drowning that all they need to do is fill their diaphragm up with air and stretch out your arms and legs and relax and you will float Mm -hmm. i mean we can teach infants this they do that at swimming schools now people that have pools infants that can't reason so it's it, it if they can do it um we all can do that so we have to just remind ourselves when, when we when we find ourselves dog paddling that yeah. um the best thing that you can do is to is to fill up your diaphragm and to float and and when i when i say that um Floating and realizing that um, I'm going to, I can survive if I don't wear myself out. <laughs> and um, we're with what? It. Like we're we're just our own worst enemy. Exactly. You now yeah. where it is, it's our behavior that drives this. And I know, you know, even governors in the hardest hit areas 
like the virus is terrible. We need to take extreme precautions to make sure it doesn't get worse. But I've talked about the panic. Right. That and that's going to kill us. And the way they're treating each other and hoarding food and things right. like that. So the panic in some places is creating worse issues. Absolutely. Just like drowning. Like we are, um, one thing that is within our control is to, to relax our body. Yeah. And if we can do that, then we can think more clearly. And, and if we can remind ourselves of, of things that we do know and, and to say, what can I do today to help keep myself afloat first? <laughs> Cause you can't help someone else who's drowning. If you jump in and do the same thing, you're both going to drown. Yeah. Um, so it, so doing the meditation, um, exercising your body so that you are strong and it also, um, helps your, all of your brain chemicals, um, that right now are stressed because, uh, stress, um, makes it hard for your brain to work. They exercise actually is better than any antidepressant. I know the pharmaceutical companies will not like me to say that, but studies show, studies show that exercise, if you had to have one exercise, um, counseling or an antidepressant, which one's the most effective? It is exercise actually. And it's free. So, um, I'm just saying my eating disorder clients, if you're in exercise restriction, this does not apply to you. Oh yeah. But, okay. Um, but for the most, the vast majority of you, this thank is you. True. <laughs> exactly. But also, yeah, yeah, anything, um, in its extreme is not good for you. Even drinking too much yeah. water can drown you. So, exactly. um, yeah. right. So yeah, yeah, don't take it extreme, but, but for most people, even that are in recovery from eating disorders, there is an element of what we call joyful movement that, which is just going for a walk right. or doing a lot of my eating disorder clients have assignments from their dietitians to practice yoga five times right. a week because it connects you to your body and helps you get grounded. It teaches you distress tolerance. You do get, you know, I'm some, not going to use the word. Good I don't want to use the word yeah. exercise anymore. I think from now on, I'm just going to use joyful movement. I love that so much. I've never even heard that. Yes. That's what I mean. Well, Our bodies need and to move along with the word exercise. It's just for some people Certainly. it's, it's that, yeah, that connection to it being like punishing and it's like we're getting rid of food or, you know, something like that. Right. And it's more an emphasis on like exactly what you're saying, where we're going to like balance our brain chemistry a little bit. We're going to be connected to our bodies and we're going to enjoy it's place. I love that. It's just like the way kids exercise is exactly. play. Exactly. Right? Play. Right. Yeah. And that's what I mean. And, you know, I have, I have a thing about, I, I hate the word diet. I don't know why anyone would ever go on a diet. It says diet in it. Uh, it's a big pet peeve of mine. So, uh, I'm like, I think we need to be on a live it. All of us. How about a live it? Not a diet. Feed, feed yourself things that, um, that are good for your body. And also with social media and any kind of anything that you're consuming needs to give your, give you life, not death. People, you can get the news in five minutes a day by just reading a few articles. You do not need to have Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever you, your news of choice is, you don't need to have it in the background mm-hmm. all day. Because that is, you will be paranoid. Right. I guarantee right. it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not anti-media, anti-news person. Like, right. That's not my friend at all. There's just only so much you can handle. Right. And, and also, if you like, can just go, if you can try to, after you listen to the news, um, bring it back to what can I do today 
where I am, what is within my control and what's not in my control. And there's a whole lot of stuff that's not in our control. But if you can bring it back to what's in my control, oh, what's in my control is I can, I can calm my body down so that my brain can work at its best and that we can, um, I can, I can do the best job at just getting through today with the people that I love and helping also looking, um, looking at how you can help. Um, I, I think right now we we're stuck at home. We feel like, Oh no, how can we help? But right now you said, I really want to do a podcast so that maybe I can provide resources to other people. And I bet right now you're feeling a lot better. And I will tell you, I'm feeling a lot better because I feel like, Oh, I'm doing something that might be contributing to someone. If it helps one person. Yeah. And I've told a lot of my clients this week, the thing that gets you through trauma and grief is not um, just like pleasure and things being fun. It's a sense of purpose living within your values. So if you can identify what your values are and then maintain your integrity by living inside of them, those are all ideas out of Brene Brown. It's not my, not my ideas. Um, But if you can do that, then that's deeply grounding to people. And like the title of this podcast is finding solid ground when things are uncertain. Those are things that don't shift. And I know for us as Christians, like our faith is a big part of what helps ground us through this, but no matter what your faith background is, that's a practice that you can incorporate. Right. right. How can, how can you serve someone else right now? Because when, when we get really stuck in fear, it, a lot of it is about it. It's about your own survival. Oh no. And if you can take a little bit of a shift and go, okay, wait a second. I, I am, I am here. I'm here right now. How can I, how can I, best serve the people that I love right now, because everybody's in this boat together. Um, Another thing I want to share really fast, because I know, did we say we wanted to do 30 minutes? Oh, we can go Um, longer. Is a a really quick thing that I, I have found to be really personal, personally helpful. um, Then I'll share too. So, so one of them is the, what went well and why um, journaling. If you can, um, if you're, even if you're not a big journaler, it's, it's easy to do this. So at the end of the day, cause you're just having to, all you have to do is get through one day at a time right now. <laughs> um, if you can say what went well today and, and what did I do? So it, it needs an attribution and why did it go well? So what went well today and why did it go well? So that you can maybe repeat that the next day. We all are really good at, at laying in bed at night and thinking about everything that went wrong. I, I don't think we need mm-hmm. practice doing that. <laughs> We need, we need practice going, what went well today? So, um, and some of those things, like the, on the very first day on Monday, I couldn't believe my kids got up and started the, um, the online school without me nagging them. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I was like, whoa. And so I was able to recognize that and then tell them, hey, I'm so proud of you. So that I could positively reinforce that. If I was um, dog paddling, I wouldn't have even probably noticed that. Yeah. So we want to reinforce the, the things that are going well so that they repeat. Um, and, and what I noticed too, is when I wrote, when I wrote that, um, remember you can float that, um, remember to breathe that you can float. Um, that helped me to focus all day long on my breath. So I was able to go, um, what went well today? I did my meditation and I wrote a reminder for myself. And so then I was able to help other people all day out of a, a grounded place. 
Yeah. Um, and then the, the other thing is right now is a really great time for you to shift into to gratitude. I talked about doing the play of gratitude meditation from Alexa, um, that our whole firefly movement is really about, um, being a light in this world. And so, um, by bringing our gifts and lifting other people up, up. And if you can, in dark times, if you can look for the light, you can look for the fireflies, look for the people who have been encouraging to you. And we have time now more than ever to actually sit and, and to spend that, that time writing heartfelt gratitude letters and sending them in the mail to people. Um, They've actually done studies on this. Uh, Dr. Martin Seligman, um, who wrote Learned Optimism and Flourish, um, he also talks about um, how purpose is a big um, part of, of creating happiness, too. Um, he, yeah. He's done studies on it. He actually is a pessimist who, and, a re, and a researcher, and he, he wrote a whole, he actually did all these studies to see if optimism really helped. And then he found out that it did. And that's why he, he ended up becoming this big uh, positive psychology guy, which is hilarious because he, he's actually a pessimist. But he, he's done studies. He works at Penn State or Penn, uh, I believe Penn University, Penn State University. Yeah. And um, if you go on his website, it's pretty amazing. He, he is the one who did the what went well and why and has done a bunch of research on it. And also the gratitude letter is what he calls it. And, um, and he, it shows in his studies that actually writing a gratitude letter and uh, you don't even have to deliver it to the person or send it for it to have the positive effect on the person who writes it. But, but the practice of doing that actually shows to improve your, your mental health and, and depression rating even three months later. (laughs) So, I mean, talk about an antidepressant that uh, doesn't have bad side effects, only has good side effects. So, um, and that's one of the things that we're really passionate about as Firefly Movement is recognizing people who are, are doing this because we want to positively reinforce that people who are encouraging other people, people who have inspired you. And so what a great time to, to focus on and meditate on, wow, I'm really grateful for, and even if that person's not here, I've been thinking a lot about my grandmother this week and about how I would have, you know, I would have really worried about her if she was here and in Michigan and I couldn't help her. Um, But also I've been thinking about um, how grateful I am for her teaching me a lot of the things that, that helped me now singing with me, helping me uh, do joyful movement. Like you said, like go for walks and, and to play. And, and so I can write a gratitude letter to my grandma, even though she's not here and I can experience the joy of those memories. And we have that available to us all the time. Right. Even right now. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a difference between this and what, um, I see out there as what people call toxic positivity, which toxic positivity is just when someone totally dismisses other people's feelings and it's like, it'll be fine. It's all great. That's not what we're, we're saying that we can meet the challenge of this and the darkness right. of this. Um, right. And then find, find the light that is there and connect that so that we're, we're connected to each other and that we can bear this together. Absolutely. Um, because there's always, there's always, bright spots and what we're seeing right now is 
all this darkness going on and all the really, really horrific, tragic, traumatic stuff that people are going through. And we're also seeing the, some of the best of people. Like, I'm seeing people connect with each other in ways that they really wouldn't have a few weeks ago. And I tell most of my clients, like, if there's someone you wanted to reconnect okay. with, people yeah. are doing that. And it's much more socially acceptable now to, you know, make that FaceTime call and to talk to that person from high school that you Absolutely. haven't talked to in years. I, I caught you know? up with a friend for yeah. an hour yesterday while I was baking. Um, and I, and I totally messed up my recipe by the way, but maybe in a good way, I put twice as much butter. It's really yeah. delicious. <laughs> <That's awesome>. Oops. <laughs> um, That's what but I hadn't to talked to this friend in, I mean, probably two years and it was yeah. so great to, to talk to them and, and to reconnect and, and to just say, Hey, I've been thinking about you and in the world that's so busy where I'm running around and thinking, Oh, I need to call that person or at midnight, um, <laughs> remembering all the people I want to call back and then never get a chance to, um, yeah, that's one thing is even keeping a list of people that you would like to connect with so that maybe each day, if you're feeling lonely at all, realize that you're not the only one feeling lonely and it might actually be a gift to the other person. Yeah, there's a woman from our church who she she and her husband actually did my husband and I's premarital mm-hmm. counseling, but I call her our church godmother. But she created a, a Facebook group for all of the oh, moms. I love our, that. Where she has a daily challenge, and so every day we have to spend 20 minutes doing you know worship, prayer, Bible study, something like that. Um, we she gives us like a daily like deep cleaning or decluttering kind of thing, and it's not like a huge thing, but just something to do every day. Uh, we have to connect with one person outside of our home via FaceTime or something like that. Uh, do gratitude prayer at night. And it's wow. a lifesaver, man. It's great. And then you have all these women that are talking to each other about how they're doing. It's, it's great. See, and that's something that you can create. Absolutely. See, friends. that's the thing. Yeah. Like, I think women are really good at that. I wonder how many men are doing that. Yeah. <laughs> like, Probably, yeah. I, 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 I want to challenge, I want to challenge men right now. If you're listening, um, you guys need that too. I love those ideas. Start a Facebook group and say, and give each other uh, a challenge because men are. And the guys are for it. They are, they aren't telling each other, but they are. The wives will, will tell you that they, yeah, Yeah. we all need, we all need connection right now and encouragement. Yeah. The other thing that I know parents have talked about is how do you talk to your kids about this when they're more anxious? And I do tell parents that you're going to see not only your children, you'll probably see your spouse do this too. I know I've done it a little bit, but you'll see people regret mm, as they get stressed, right? So we do a lot of Enneagram yes. work um, in our practice. And so it should not be surprising to you if you see yourself or your spouse become a less healthy version of their number or move into their yes. stress number. So I, me, I'm a two, I go to eight when I'm stressed. I was an absolute drill sergeant <laughs> for a good well, week before I learned to calm down and get uh-huh. rid of Facebook. Yeah. Um, but what are some tips that you give parents when they're, when they're talking to their kids about this to help them stay grounded and help their kids right. feel safe? Well, I think, um, it's just like I was talking about earlier. I think that if, um, as parents, the, the person, uh, so I, I always talk about how like on the airplane, if there's a lot of turbulence, I look at, I look at the flight attendant to see if I need to worry because <laughs> they, they mm. know when it's time to worry. 
And so if they're just going along, no big deal, then I'm like, okay, no big deal. So as parents, we are the flight attendant of this airplane that we are on. And so our kids are looking at us and they're going, do I need to worry? Do I need to worry? Are we okay? Are we going down? (laughs) And so if you're regressing and you are acting like an insane person, they are going to pick up on that and they're going to, to act um, based on what they are picking up from you. And so when you notice yourself, and like you said, um, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. My normal um, way of being in the world is to look for fun and be positive and excited. And, and I go to one in stress. And so I spent four hours um, yesterday scrubbing the um, every cabinet face and the floors in my kitchen. It's never been cleaner. So if you could channel... Um, yeah, yeah I know. you said let's do this podcast <laughs> yesterday and then you then I dropped off the face of the earth. That's where I was. I didn't realize you met yesterday. Um I was obsessively scrubbing grout and and you know, I haven't done that in I don't know how many years. So, um if you could channel it into something positive. So, what I did was I noticed this about myself. Um I could easily go to the unhealthy side and become critical and tell everybody how they're doing it wrong. Um, but instead I said, I'm going to focus on the kitchen. Uh, and then I just gave assignments. I said, uh, can you, can you do the bathroom? Can you pick up poop? Can you, you know, like I I gave assignments (laughs) to other people. And then I also said to myself, I don't care how they do it. They don't need to do it the way that I would do it. I need to let that go. But I just, need to channel it into something positive and then I need to thank them so that I can positively reinforce that. And, and we all felt better because the house was clean. So, yeah. um, and we also decided that we would foster puppies because we have time. And so that was the other motivation. I said, we've got to clean the house for, for these puppies that we're going to foster because, you know, we have to help, um, out right now. That is and so, so um, that motivated my kids. They were excited. They were like, yes, we will clean because puppies are coming. So finding. Yeah. And I know for me, I really unstructured naturally, like as a two have a tendency to um, feel other people's feelings and kind of just meet, meet those needs, which can be, can be helpful if it's healthy. But when I do move into my stress number, if I can find the high next part of eight, I become a lot more structured. And for I started homeschooling this week, did not plan to do that. Actually, I started homeschooling two weeks ago, but that moves me into a place where I am more structured. And so there are benefits. Right. And you helped us all get into telehealth. So, um, uh, before I shifted into my one place, I was full on seven mode looking at, um, Southwest airlines flights everywhere. Cause I wanted to get away. Um, <laughs> the want to get away, um, so fun. affairs <laughs> yeah. uh, before all the flights were grounded. Um, yeah, you yeah. helped your eight, your eightness helped us get done what needed to get done. You were like, we need to get on top of this. And so it, it is actually, uh, we need stress. We need our stress number. We just need to go to the positive side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we talked about with kids, how basically when everything changes and the way we talk to our kids really should be the way we talk to ourselves about this. Right. Too. Get yourself talked down, but before you talk to them. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard, but it's so true. Um, but kids need to know what's staying the same. Like when we're talking to parents that are about to go through a divorce with their kids, the kids are going to want to know, where am I living? When am I seeing the other parent? 
Do I still get to see my friends? What is staying the same? Right. Right. Same thing right now. There's been a ton of transition for our kids, ton of transition for us. And our kids need to know what is staying the same mm-hmm. in the middle of this. Right. So maybe you're not at school with your friends. What is the same is that you can FaceTime your friends. Maybe you're not getting to do some of the activities that you normally like to do, but bike riding is still here. Right. And it's like finding things that are still solid and kind of bringing them back right. to that. Um, and I think as adults, we have to do that too, mm-hmm. where it feels like there's been so much change, but for a lot of us, and there has been really traumatic change for a lot of people, like people have lost jobs. Um, there are healthcare providers that are, you know, staying apart from their families because they want to protect them. I mean, some of that stuff is really, really, really hard. But even in those circumstances, if you can come back to what things are still here, because it's really easy to feel like because a few big, hard things have changed, that everything is different, that everything is gone. Yeah. And coming back to what's still here, I think is really important. Yeah. And I do think that um, one of the things that is going to come out of this, too, is that we're we're all going to come out with a sense of what is really, really important and what we do want to keep doing. And maybe we'll also realize what we don't need as much. Yeah. Yeah. And so I hope, hopefully there will be some perspective gained when, when all of this is over that, that we didn't have before where we felt like more, 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 more was what we needed. So true. Well, Lynn, is there anything else that we should cover? I think we, you know, hopefully we haven't overwhelmed everyone. Um, I, I really wanted to just try to keep my recommendations down to three things because I think it that's about all I can keep in my head. So um, yeah. just doing some type of meditation or grounding um, that requires you to slow your breathing down and, and get your the wise part of your brain um, turned on and that panic crisis part of your brain turned off and, and then, um, to, to move your body joyfully. I love that so much. Um, <laughs> I'm never using that other bad word again. Um, cause I don't love that word either. Um, so yeah, move your body joyfully, even just be grateful for your health. If you have your health and you can move your body, be grateful for that. And, um, yeah. and just, notice my, I can, I can go for a walk. I can ride my bike or, or do yoga or whatever it is that you, your body can do. Be grateful for that. And, uh, and then, um, three to remind yourself, I only have to get through today and, and to try to have some kind of practice of journaling what went well to remind yourself so that your brain doesn't go to all of the bad things all the time. Yeah. There's so much, so much good stuff there. Um, so Lynn, we normally wrap up with a firefly in our lives. So who's the firefly or someone that is bringing, bringing light into your life right now? Well, I have so many. I really do. Um, I think right now, um, our team and, uh, and in particular, uh, Jerry Marshall, my, um, business partner has been, just especially um, shined bright uh, for me this week and, and sharing things that, that she's been working on um, 
she shared a poem that she wrote and um, has has really been inspiring me by show, her showing up more, which I know as a nine is is hard to do. And so um, I've just, uh, it's really, it's brought me hope about being able to make a difference during this time instead of hunkering down and, and panicking that everything that I love is canceled right now because that is how my week started. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I, it's hard for me to choose because there's so many people that bounce around my head that are really helpful to me right now. Um, one is my husband because he's, he's a nine as well. And he's very grounding to me. Um, because he, he's very in touch with, yeah. Like honestly, as a nine, he's very in touch with reality and the risks that are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, but he does not, fly off into a pan right about this so good and yeah it it he's been really really wonderful in the midst of this and the other person would have to be my mom um she homeschools four kids and has just wow. been my lifeline in the midst of starting this um because and she's also a seven so she makes things really fun oh. and she does bring out the positive and help me turn off turn off the news, turn off the things that are negative that are just not helpful for me right now. And that, that doesn't mean escaping reality. It just means in some ways coming back to reality. Yeah. Tuning into what, what's real. In right. World. What is in your control? Yeah. The yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. Okay. Lynn. Well, thank you so much for taking time. Well, thank you and for asking. Yeah. I so appreciate you. I so appreciate you for starting Firefly Movement and being our founder oh, with you and Jerry and, um, well, yeah. we're so lucky. I just, I just love that we're we're doing what we set out to do right now. We are so and... lucky to have you, Miss Firefly, spreading this light and doing this podcast and and making it um, a resource that it's other people can access. It's great. So, all right. Well, thanks so much. We'll Thank talk you. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Firefly Movement podcast. If you know someone who's bringing light into the world, you can nominate them to be on our show at our website, fireflymovement.org. Also, please like, subscribe, and leave us a review so more people can find us. See you next time.